1: You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your host, James Rapine. We're going to be joined today by Ross Jackson, live from Mobile, Alabama. He's our Locked On Saints host here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and he's coming to us with some insights from two days of senior bowl practices as we try to get some perspective on some guys that are making waves ahead of the draft. Before we get there, though, James, there's a really interesting article over at The Athletic today. I've really enjoyed Paul Daner's work more than usual lately, and it's gotten to the point where my compliments for Paul Daner have been twisted against me on Twitter as I retweet his excellent work at The Athletic. He's put together an offseason plan for the Bengals, James, and he's handicapped the likelihood of each of these items happening on his list. And there are a few that I find particularly noteworthy that I think we should talk about. And we can go over under on his percentage. That is get the line in free agency specifically. Fix the offensive line in free agency. Extend Jesse Bates and Sam Hubbard. And sign and draft pass rushers, both sign and draft for the pass rush. So let's start at the top with the offensive line. Paul Daner says 80% chance that the Bengals sign two free agents starting linemen without quantifying costs. He goes on to say, you can get into more specific math for the odds on how expensive the total per year for those two linemen, but there will be an emphasis on veteran help over or under 80% chance to add two starting offensive linemen in free agency? It's under, and it's
0: it, it has to be under. I mean, last year, as aggressive as they were, they, they weren't adding two to to one position group like that. And, and I think when you're looking at this as a whole and all of their needs, uh, draft and sign edge rusher, uh, obviously there is a need, we've talked about it a, a ton, for playmakers. Hopefully they know that. I think they do. Um, But you do have to fix the offensive line. And to me, knowing the Bengals, knowing that they're going to prioritize tackle over guard and looking at what's out there, you're either going to have to pay a lot, 15 million plus and get a a really quality high end tackle. Or you're talking about, you know, the the Bobby Hart type contract for a tackle. And I don't think they're going to do that. They think highly of Bobby Hart than most people do. And so if they're moving on from him to create space, or maybe they do keep him either way, I think that they're going to have to spend and maybe even overspend on a Taylor Moton or or Moton, excuse me, or a Trent Williams or even a Daryl Williams, who I, I think would be less than those two guys, but still would cost. So I would say less than 80%, but this is a great sign because even if they get one bookend tackle, whether it's right tackle and Moton or left tackle and Williams or right tackle on Williams. I'm talking about Daryl and Trent left and uh, right side, respectively. That's a win for me. Like, I think that's huge. And, and the fact that Paul is this confident in it, um, that would be a big W. And obviously the other spot is guard and guard is less expensive. And could they find an upgrade in free agency at guard for 4 million, 5 million, 6 million? I think they could <laughs> part of it is because of how bad they were on the interior. But part of it is there are some options out there that I think could help them.
2: The picture accompanying this part of the Paul Daner piece is of Joe Tooney. He has that picture captioned saying, Joe wow. Tooney will be one of the prized free agent offensive linemen the Bengals could pursue if the Patriots don't re-sign him before free agency starts. So Joe Tooney could be one of the guys on the radar. The, the Dayton ties we've discussed. His family is ready for him to be back in Ohio, and the, the Browns certainly don't need offensive line help, nor do they have resources to really invest there at this point anyway. So if they want to be back in Ohio, Cincinnati would be the choice. I think that Paul has been banging this drum hard enough and long enough that I'm willing to buy his 80% odds. I think that either he's getting bad information or he's getting very confident information that they are very interested in significantly improving this offensive line for Joe Burrow and I do think that his caveat is interesting, right? It might end up that they do a Xavier Suofilo level signing for one of them. And so they add a a $3 million guard who ends up starting and a $12 million tackle, perhaps, who Mm -hmm. ends up starting. Or maybe they need to go get a center. Maybe they're not confident, you know, with with Billy Price behind behind, uh, Trey Hopkins. So there are a number of positions, I think, that are open on this offensive line to start really everything outside of wherever... Jonah Williams ends up starting. The next one on his list, James, the extensions for Jesse Bates and Sam Hubbard. He says that you could get both of them at a combined $25 million per year on average, he thinks. And he says it's about 70%. He says it comes down to how much money is left after the free agency period. And he speculates about kicking the can down the road on Jesse Bates because the safety franchise tag is not all that high. It would be just $11 million potentially in 2022 to franchise tag Jesse Bates if they have to. So obviously in terms of priority for me, Jesse Bates a more important player for this team than Sam Hubbard, but they love Hubbard. And he does everything that these coaches want. He's very good in the run game. He finished the season strong, generally speaking. I can see the value in Sam Hubbard. I am a little bit worried that, he will eat too many resources, especially because they have to pay somebody at Ed Rusher this year. They need to get better at Ed Rush this year. Sam Hubbard isn't getting them better, not this year. And that's the key is one, what
0: happens with Carl Lawson? And if they don't lock up Lawson long-term, let's think about it. What happened with Michael Johnson? They didn't lock him up long-term. They signed Carlos Dunlap to a a deal that ended up being a bargain for the Bengals. So you could see him going that route. I think the key with the Sam Hubbard extension is that, do they get a bargain? Do they get a guy that they think, yeah, he played through an injury in year three. He, he's going to be a 10 sack guy moving forward. We like, him, we like what he brings. So we're going to pay him X. If not, if it's not a bargain, then why pay him now? He's coming off of an injury plagued year. I get it. He's good in the locker room, but Barring something unforeseen, it's not like Hubbard's going to be unsignable next year. And and so that's the key. And I get the argument with with Jesse Bates, um, the franchise tag as low as it is. At the same time, are you sure that that you want to go that route with this dude? The guy who I openly asked, hey, you want to be the Joe Burrow of the defense? And he was like, hell yeah, I do. And and, in the leadership that he brought, and I think Von Bell helped get that out of him and just the way he carries himself, I think when you think about the face of this defense for the next decade, it could be Jesse Bates, and and so that's the guy I think you, you want to try to lock up and and keep around long term. So of the two, obviously it's Bates because he's the better player, and unless you're getting a deal with Hubbard, I say you let him play it out here and see what 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 happens after uh, after the twenty twenty one season.
2: I'm fully on board with that. I I do think that Sam Hubbard is a fine player, but as you point out, Jesse Bates, much more important to this team, best safety in football, according to PFF. And so if they're going to prioritize one guy to try to extend that's under contract for next year, for me, it's it's definitely Jesse Bates first. The last thing that I found really interesting that I wanted to talk about is he gives us a 75% chance for the Bengals to go out and addressed the pass rush he says he'd, he'd be stunned if the team came away from the first three rounds without an edge rusher he also thinks that they're going to have to do something in free agency whether that's starting with Carl Lawson or if they have to go get somebody in the second or third wave third wave of free agency he, he highlights three tech specifically with Geno Atkins expected to be out in Cincinnati that becomes a glaring hole there's no interior pass rusher on this team not not anybody that's close to what Geno Atkins could do anyway so you've got both edge and you've got interior pass rusher's needs he says 75% chance they address this both in free agency and the draft
0: and so if you're doing that why extend Sam Hubbard sorry to tie him together but to me like if you're if you're putting all these resources into defensive tackle and edge and you know you need to which I'm not debating then then why not hit wait and see on Hubbard? Anyways, uh, th- that would be, it would be great to do. Again, how do you balance that? Because to me, and I think most fans probably feel this way, if it's, you could get Joe Tooney, let's say, and Daryl Williams, or $3 million guard in Daryl Williams, and then get an edge rusher, as awesome as it would be to get an edge rusher, I say, splurge a little bit, right? And, and, and upgrade the offensive line. And so that's the balance. Are they able to do everything necessary? And maybe so. And I think they are, if they're creative with how they address the cap and are willing to move on from guys, not just Geno Atkins, but others, Uh, I think the money's there, but they're going to have to be creative and be willing to part ways with with some of these guys. And if so, and maybe Paul's heard this, but if so, more power to them, because yeah, if, if they can find a way to boost the both sides of the trenches This team is going to be much, much better in 2021. There's no doubt.
2: It remains to be seen how the Bengals will use their considerable assets, both in financial and draft capital this offseason. And I thought these were some interesting discussion points. You're right. They do have to make some choices. And time will tell as we get closer to free agency, what direction the Bengals are going to go. Coming up next, the draft is also a big question mark for the Bengals. Ross Jackson is down in Mobile, Alabama, covering the Senior Bowl. We'll talk to him about some of the big winners from days one and two of practice coming up next.
0: The Bengals are looking for reliability in the trenches, which is a tough spot to be in, right? The last thing you want to do is have to be looking for a reliable vehicle. Keep your car on the road with rockauto.com. It's cold. You don't want to get stranded. And you also want to save money. RockAuto.com can do both. They're a family business. They've served auto parts customers for more than two decades. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. I've used them. They've made it quick and easy as I've upgraded little parts here and there for my Toyota Corolla. You can do the same. And the prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals as they are for do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much? For the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com.
2: One game left on the NFL schedule to put the wrapper on the 2020 season and betonline.ag has you covered with odds for that game. The Kansas City Chiefs go on the road to the Tampa Bay Tom Brady's where Tom Brady will host the first home Super Bowl for a quarterback and the Chiefs are favored three and a half point favorites on the road effectively in Tampa. And you can check that out at betonline.ag. The over-under in that game, 56 points. Maybe one of those is more attractive to you or more likely to you than the other. Maybe you think Tom Brady's just going to bring it home and you want to go with the underdog Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. Betonline.ag has you covered either way. You've heard me talk about the prop bet options too. So if you want to bet on some of the more fun stuff like Super Bowl commercials, well, they've got you covered there too. The only place we trust for sports betting, BetOnline.ag will give you a 50% welcome bonus right now with your first deposit when you use promo code Locked On. So go sign up for a free account today. That's BetOnline.ag promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. Live from Mobile, Alabama, Ross Jackson, host of Locked On Saints, joins us with his observations. Last year, I had my own guy down there, Ross. I had my own Joe Goodberry down in Mobile, Alabama for those right. first-hand <laughs> observations. But, you know, I'm happy to have anyone that I know personally down at the senior bowl to tell me what's up. So you, you've seen the two practices so far. Who is this year's Tyler Bass?
3: Oh, <laughs> who is standing out? Uh, I don't know, man. It's been it's been a lot of fun so far this uh, this this Senior Bowl round. Uh, first of all, it's it's a pleasure to be able to join you guys on the show. Thanks for having me on. Um, you know, I'll tell you right now. I I know uh, I know we want to jump into the conversation about him probably as quick as possible. Most people do. Uh, Kadarius Tony has been a ton of fun so far to watch out on the field, and he's been uh, probably the guy that has stood out. The most amongst the skill position players, but there's some good offensive linemen, some great defensive players and everything. There's a nice, uh, nice mix of guys really standing out and jumping off the field this week.
0: Let's uh, let's talk about the offensive line, because I think Mm -hmm. that's priority one, two and three in the the minds of Bengals fans. When uh, when we're talking about this offseason, who's standing out? Is it tackles? Is it guards? Is it a mixture of both?
3: I can give you I can give you a pretty much one at each of the major positions if you like. I mean, sure. uh, you know, at at tackle Dylan Radens out of uh, North Dakota State University has been absolutely phenomenal. He's an absolute snowplow out on the field. He's in everyone's way, but yet no one is ever in his way. Uh, he's that kind of guy. <laughs> he's been awesome both in the run game and in the passing game. Uh, he has you know led the way to a couple of big runs already in terms of opening holes or sealing the edge. And he's been great in pass protection like no one's getting past. So he has won just about every rep he's taken so far, maybe with a couple of exceptions Uh, on the interior, Trey Smith, the offensive uh, lineman out of Tennessee has been great. He's somebody that really, I mean, he plays up to a top 10 talent, but because of the medical ish history and some of the blood clotting issues, upper body, upper body blood clotting issues that he's had, uh, those things have kind of slowed him down a little bit. But he missed the 2018 season with that. But since then, hasn't missed a game, has only started all but one game of his career since then at that point. So as long as the medical checks and everything are up there, he could be a pretty quick riser. Uh, But he might be somebody available in day two if people are a little bit kind of cautious about that. And then uh, Creed Humphrey has been absolutely outstanding at the center position. Not much of a surprise there, but uh, he's been absolutely um, he's been really, really good right there.
2: I would venture to say that none of those are necessarily big surprises for keen observers uh, going Mm -hmm. into the draft season. Creed Humphrey for a lot of people was center number one and Trey Smith coming into the season you know, Wyatt Davis up there too, for sure. But a lot of people yeah. last year would think, you know, one of the better guard prospects that's going to be in the draft. And Dylan Raddins is a guy who, you know, played really well, but only played, a, you know, very limited amount of snaps this year in North Dakota, right. with North Dakota State and it's North Dakota State. So there's always quality of competition issues there. The The other thing that I want to talk about with Raddins in particular, 33 inch arms from what I recall from, from the measurements, mm-hmm. all the tackles, Really, except for Alex Leatherwood, most of the defensive linemen too, not very, not a whole lot of length. It seems down to the Senior Bowl this year. Have you heard from from those around you and watching Radins? Yeah, he's holding up really well, but I see him as a guard. Or do you think that teams are are you know thirty three like a lot of them thirty three and a half is a little bit short? We heard that mm-hmm. with Jonah Williams a ton. Now you've got right. thirty three inches with Radins. Is that is that a question mark for scouts, or or do you think that People see him sticking a tackle.
3: Yeah, I'll tell you exactly the way that it went down. He got the measurements. Once the measurements came out, a bunch of people started asking questions about uh, maybe he's somebody that kicks inside to guard. And then he got on the field and then he played a tackle uh, and he showed everybody what he could do at tackle. If you're good at the position that you play, then that's the position that you should be playing. And that's sort of what the uh, the feeling is around him. He has taken some snaps at guard. Don't get me wrong. They have taken a look at him there and here in day two but he has not shown any um, inability to be able to play up to the level that was expected of him uh, at the tackle position so far uh, here in Mobile.
0: What about Leatherwood? Jake mentioned him, and I think he's a guy that Bengals fans just watching the SEC over the years, watching Jonah Williams, they're mm-hmm. familiar uh, because people watch Alabama football. Let's be real right. here. Um, the clips I've seen, I just I feel like, and you can only judge social media for what it is, right. but it seems like he's had a maybe a tough couple of days. Uh, what is your correct. interpretation of what you've seen?
3: Yeah, no, that's absolutely correct. He he has struggled uh, since he has been here over these last couple of days. He's got another day in practice to really kind of step it up a little bit before he gets into the game on Saturday. But yeah, he has shown to struggle a bit, getting beat on the inside a couple of times. Uh, he's had some issues with uh, particularly pass rushers that are able to chain together moves. And so he's somebody that if he can win immediately off the line, then that's great. But if there's somebody that has a second or a third move, then he runs into a little bit of trouble there. So that's clearly something that they're going to be working with him on all throughout the rest of the week to just try to get him to be a little bit more consistent and be able to hold those blocks through a second and third effort.
2: Leatherwood was a guy who took a big step forward last year in the 2019 season, decided to go back to school, trying to make his way into the top 15 and started the year strong from what I recall. And and started to have some issues as the year went on. So, not really doing himself any favors but hey if you listen to Bengals director of player personnel duke tobin you can't hurt yourself with these all-star games i'm not sure how much i buy that but that is what <laughs> the de facto gm for the general or for for the cincinnati bengals has to say about things how about small school guys this wisconsin whitewater kid with his belly out he's been pretty good <laughs> i hear
3: yeah, he had a really, really great day today. Actually, uh, he was somebody that really stood out. Uh, Quinn uh, Quinn Menierez, uh, I'm sorry, Miners is the guy. Um, he was really, really good uh, today. He struggled a little bit on uh, Tuesday, the first practice, but he really showed up on uh, Wednesday and he's hard to miss out on the field with with all he's got going on in terms of having that belly out and everything, he's ready to go. He's ready to get to some action. Uh, So he's been a lot of fun to watch. And the other thing that's really cool about him in in terms of watching him is kind of you can see some of the intangible shine through as well. He, you know, he's got a mouth. He'll talk. He's, you know, he's celebrating with other guys and everything like that. So you can kind of see the camaraderie that some of these guys also bring to the table. That's, you know, in addition to the play on the field.
2: That's Ross Jackson, Locked On Saints. We'll continue our Senior Bowl conversation, get a feel for what's different down there and some of the lesser known standouts coming up next.
0: We talk about it all the time. Built Bar is the number one protein bar on the planet. Today, I had my go-to, the Mint Brownie Delight. Just 110 calories, 15 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of fat. They're perfect for what you need as you make your way towards that 2021 summer bod. We've all gained a little weight during quarantine. Built Bar can help you get out of that. They have 18 amazing flavors from toffee almond to coconut, peanut butter, brownie, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, and they're covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to choose. So go there right now, builtbar.com. Check out all of their flavors and be sure to use the promo code Locked On. You're going to get 20% off your next order Again, use promo code On for 20% off at buildbar.com.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Let's keep things going with Ross Jackson. He is in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. And, Ross, let's be honest here. The the Senior Bowl, a bit different this year. Obviously, it's more virtual than ever. How is it different for you covering it in person even though it's like a fifty-fifty virtual/slash in-person event this season.
3: Yeah, um, you know, first of all, shout out to uh, to 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 Mr. Nagy out here. They've done a really great job uh, with keeping this safe for everybody and 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 getting it all uh, organized and everything. And you know, they did a lot of uh, great stuff. I mean, they they sold all the coaching staff's uh, luxury boxes at Hancock Whitney Stadium to help offset the cost of the uh, the COVID testing for all the players. And everything. So that was a really smart move to be able to do that and make sure that that got covered, keep everybody safe. And, you know, everything's distance, right? So basically, the way that it works is that we show up, we're there for practice, they go through their drills as usual. And then at the end of practice, as opposed to us having, you know, a prospect sit at a table and then we're all standing around holding phones in people's faces or whatever, they essentially march up four different prospects to each one of the sections. We're between sections 124 to 127. So we got four sections there. They'll assign one prospect per and then we just go down to the bottom of the bleachers and ask our questions. They put our phones in a plastic bin and take them over and record it and everything. So it's been a little bit different, you know, based on especially the interview portion of it all. You know, it's a it's you know you don't get as much of the one on one time, but you know, you still find ways to, you know you know bump elbows with people and bump shoulders with people and like uh, you know get some extended information and some extended contact that way to make sure you're able to follow up with folks but they've done a really good job keeping this safe and comfortable for everybody
2: maybe a, a fewer people less willie anderson's yeah. kicking around kind of thing cuz he's yeah. local to the area kind of thing yeah um, yeah
3: absolutely it, yeah which has been nice like it's nice to have that sort of um that that sort of intimacy to where we do get to connect with everybody like that
2: yeah I hear that that's one of the best things about it. I haven't been myself. One of these days, I will get down there. I was going to go oh, yeah. last year, but, you know, it was it was kind of a weird time with, mm-hmm. with everything kind of starting. And for me, it's a long trip. And so... Yeah,
3: it's a long trip for you, man.
2: <laughs> that's a week off of work for me. So I didn't get there last year, but glad to have you there. Let's talk about some of the under-heralded guys or some of the smaller school guys that maybe people didn't know about coming into this game. Dane yeah, Brugler definitely. at The Athletic, you know, does his great piece on, you know, here's some guys that might might break out, quote unquote, mm-hmm. break out under uh, uh with a wider audience at the Senior Bowl. Dwayne Eskridge, of course, is yeah. one of those names. Who are some of the guys that have really made a name for themselves, at least in terms of draft observers, besides maybe Quinn Miners?
3: Yeah, uh, I'll I'll go to a uh, cornerback out of UCF, uh, Aaron Robinson. He's been really great so far. He's won a couple of really uh, fantastic reps. Uh, he was the one guy that actually got in there with uh, Kadarius Tony and actually won a rep, just physical off the line of scrimmage, very patient at the line of scrimmage as well. Didn't overcommit to anything, flips his hips really well. He's got good tracking ability, and he can attack at the point of attack. So he does a really good job there. So he's been somebody that has stood out. Uh, at that spot, uh, Spencer Brown, uh, six foot eight tackle that's here. Uh, he's been somebody that has stood out every now and then as well. And, uh, yeah, I think a, another one that I'll throw out there that maybe isn't getting as much shine as he would had he played in 2020, uh, he ended up opting out as quarterback, Jamie Newman. I, I guess we can call wake forest, a small enough school in that. It's not one of the biggest schools that's in, you know, all of the public eye, but he's somebody that his arm talent has been heralded as one of the best arm talents here at the at the all-star game here in mobile and he's been really phenomenal throughout practices he kind of came back down to earth on wednesday a little bit but his tuesday performance still holds up as uh, one of the better performances that we've seen uh, across any position and so i'm looking forward to seeing him for the third day coming up
0: real quick i want to ask you about two uh guys out of the american one from houston mm-hmm. and marquez stevenson who uh might beat tyree Hill in a race based on the video right. i saw And uh, I I watched him a lot because I'm a University of Cincinnati alum. And then we'll stick with the trenches. My guy, James Hudson from UC. Uh, How are those two uh, American conference players looking?
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, Let me start with Stevenson. I just want to say, like, every bit of speed that you feel like he has, (laughs) he absolutely brought with him here to Mobile. Uh, He's been outstanding. Uh, He's somebody that you know hasn't made the you all of the big plays or anything like that, but he's been consistent throughout, and he's he's been somebody that's enjoyable to watch. You want to see him get a little bit more crisp in the route running area at the moment, and I think that that happens for guys that pack a lot of speed who still kind of you know raw but having trade. And things like that. So I think that that's a a, a portion that you want to see him continue to improve upon. But he's showing really good work out here. And then in terms of, you know, Hudson, it's the same thing. Extremely raw and he has so much left to learn. But raw talent that he has is off the charts. I mean, he has all the traits he can win in these battles. I mentioned that, you know, uh, Dylan Radins is a guy that has been winning all of these battles that he's been going. in James Hudson's the exact same way. And he's gone up against some really good talent at the edge rusher position over on the American team. And so he has been a ton of fun to watch and he is just an absolute mauler. He attacks really well. They've had him. I've seen him both at right and left tackles. They've really given him a shot to show a little bit of uh, versatility as well, but he mostly takes these snaps over at the right tackle spot. And he's been really, Really solid so far.
2: It's really interesting to me that they're keeping these guys out at tackle. It could be just an overall lack of length at the senior bowl. I misspoke earlier. Vaden's actually thirty-three and a quarter inch arms, but Hudson's thirty-three flat. And and I can't imagine yeah. that any NFL team sees thirty-three inch arms as playable at tackle unless you are a stud technician. But I, I guess mm-hmm. you know the fact that he's still getting reps there is good news for him at least in terms of positional versatility building that. Uh, building that resume a little bit at the all-star game. Let's talk about the other Mm -hmm. side of the trenches though. You've got a few household names down there, guys like Carlos Basham from Wake Forest. You've got Quincy Roche from Miami, uh, the Pitt duo, Patrick Jones II, and Mm -hmm. uh, Weaver. Anybody standing out on the defensive line, 3 tech edge rusher, this is something that, you know, the Bengals struggle with the pass rush. In 2020, mightily, they've got Carl Lawson, their best pass rusher as a free agent, an area that they will need to address one way or another this offseason. What are we learning from the Senior Bowl?
3: Yeah, uh, I'll give you another small school guy that's standing out at the edge rusher position. It's uh, Tulane edge rusher Cam Sample. Uh, They've kicked him inside and they've let him rush from outside and he can win wherever, and he can win very, very quickly. Uh, He's somebody that has a ton of versatility and a ton of uh, really just kind of diversity in his approach and diversity in his attack off the line of scrimmage. And so he has found several different ways to win and has showed it from multiple positions. And is just somebody that's a joy in terms of, you know, people's personality, like players' personalities really stand out at the Senior Bowl too, because it is so intimate. You can hear them talking on the field. You can hear when they really get vocal and when they're having a good time. And a guy like Cam Sample stands out that way. Uh, And another one that is probably more of a household name is uh, Quincy Roche out of Miami. He has been every bit as advertised, also able to win off the edge really well. Yeah, somebody that's been playing on the interior for the most part is Oso Digizua out of UCLA. Uh, he plays very versatile. He's a you know six foot two, six foot three, two hundred and eighty pound interior defensive lineman, but he hasn't really gotten stonewalled much. He hasn't really been affected by his size. He has a really good tenacity at the line of scrimmage, and he's versatile. So he can play inside and he can play out, uh, play outside. And so those versatile guys tend to stand out in Mobile as well.
2: One last guy I want to ask you about, Marvin Wilson. A lot of expectations for him, the Florida State defensive tackle going into the season, didn't necessarily live up to those or take a step or even really continue to play as well as he did in 2019. How's his week gone so far in Mobile?
3: Uh, as long as he's not going up against Trey Smith, he's looked pretty good. <laughs> but when he goes up against Trey Smith, those two are, you know, the, this is an all-star weekend for these guys. And those two are all-stars going at it. So they've been a lot of fun. Uh, but Wilson has had some of his moments. He's kind of been on and off. So you look for him maybe in the final day of practices to really be able to maybe sell himself a little bit more assuredly. But uh, he, he's had some sort of uh, in and out moments, some up and down moments so far here in Mobile.
2: Looks like he had a really good rep against the giant from Alabama, Deontay Brown. Yeah, that was a a really good one. (laughs) Well, Ross, we appreciate all the insight from Mobile, Alabama. Enjoy the rest of the week down there. And thanks again for coming on the show and giving us some of your time on what I'm sure is a very busy night for you at the All-Star Game.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely, guys. Not a problem at all. Such a pleasure. appreciate you having me.
2: That was Ross Jackson from Lockdown Saints. He's down in Mobile. You can follow along for more of his observations from Alabama at Ross Jackson NOLA, as in New Orleans, on Twitter. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We're back tomorrow with the weekend mailbag, so look for that tweet from the at Lockdown Bengals Twitter account. Until then, Bengals fans, day, and have a good one.